KO! Tim Martina, uh, who is a machine learning professional here on the island of Curacao. Um, um, so, um, I don't like. I don't. Last time we did the the episode, sorry, the the podcast in Papamento, which is the local language. But uh, like I said, like from now on, we're going to try to do mostly English because okay. we are trying. We're trying to get <laughs> uh, more a wider a wider audience. <laughs> I'll do. So, I'll do my best. Uh, nah, your English is fine, man. Uh, and uh, so, like a little bit of um, um, so, like if anybody anybody uh, who's listening has heard of Lex Friedman, Lex Friedman also does the same kind of work yeah. um, in machine learning. Uh, he's a, so he's a great communicator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, how about you give us a little bit of your background and tell us about you, the work you do, stuff like that. Okay, sure thing. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for uh, for this opportunity. I mean, uh, this isn't really known on the island yet, so any chance I get to, uh, you know, communicate uh, um, about this context is uh, much appreciated. Um, I'm I'm born in Curaçao. I was born in Curaçao, and uh, um, I lived here until I reckon my 18th. Um, and then I went to the Netherlands to study, and uh, I stayed. I stayed for a while. Um, I did uh, uh, mechanical engineering, and uh, also uh, a continuous study regarding innovation. And uh, at a certain point, I came back to the island to uh, just evaluate what what the island has to offer. And uh, I stayed. I stayed, um, and we're gonna circle back to that uh, later on, maybe. But uh, um, eventually, I got into uh, agile management. That's uh, that's a certain management philosophy uh, to organize your enterprise in such a way to be more lean, more responsive, more adaptive um more focused on creating value and uh um i i found my way within within this philosophy uh for myself as a person but also uh for local businesses and um eventually um i was always curious about uh, artificial intelligence and um something something caught my eye somewhere I can't remember if it was uh, uh, maybe the first course ever from uh, Stanford University, um, but I dove into it, and this was this was maybe ten years ago, and um, I dabbled in it for a bit, and eventually, uh, um, when machine learning got more traction, and uh, later on I'm gonna circle back to this also the difference between machine learning and uh, what everybody calls artificial intelligence. But machine learning got a lot of traction um, due to the fact that everybody's like using it for a really long time and nobody knows about it. 
you know so if you're using let's say uh the email from google so if you're using gmail um there is machine learning algorithms in the background uh filtering for spam filtering for this filtering for that and um this has been going on forever you know so eventually there has been more um there's been more research about it more people went uh, uh, studying uh, artificial intelligence in specific. And uh, it kind of became mainstream. Maybe, I don't know, maybe five, seven years ago. And uh, right now it's like really a hot topic with a lot of buzzwords and all. But around four years ago, I uh, I had this... this um, well, let's call it an, an, an existential moment. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about, okay, so um, I'm living on the island. Life is good. Uh, I do a lot of sailing. Um, I sport a lot. But what's, what's, what's next? So what, is, what mm. is else to do, you know? And um, at a certain point, I was thinking about going back to Amsterdam. But, uh, you know, I truly think that I was um, idealizing the life I had back then, partying a lot, uh, uh, um, almost no responsibility whatsoever. So I was idealizing it. And uh, I took a, a really good look at what I had. And life was perfect over here. But I wanted to, to dive into something uh, that I would be um, glad to do for the rest of my life and this is where I fully committed to machine learning and this was uh, maybe three years ago and uh, last year with uh, the whole lockdown I took the opportunity to um, switch everything over so I started a new company well structured um, uh, got back to connections in Europe and uh, now I'm uh, I'm uh, with, with, with two feet on the train, let's say. <laughs> uh, uh, Kiri just joined us. Uh, Kiri, uh, I see it. Yeah, Kiri is here. Uh, he'll be in shortly. If those of you are, if if you're wondering about that, Kiri is a purple belt. That should explain everything. <laughs> he never should. <laughs> if if you're interested. Hey guys. If you're in jiu-jitsu, purple belts always skip um, uh, the, 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 warm the warm up, up. and they come, yeah. they come in after. <laughs> hey, it's true. And then they, and then they come in and uh, bust your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I just, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I just heard about your, uh, your journey. Yeah. And uh, your explanation about machine learning and AI and the difference, and you're going to circle back to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you want to say. Um, I think it's a hot topic for everybody. I think it's yeah. also something that will influence society itself. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. So what's interesting um, about it is, yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, what's interesting about it is that there's a lot of speculation around uh, around machine learning. Like a lot of people, like there's not there's not one uh, fountain of knowledge that's spouting out like exactly like this is it. Like there's different people saying different stuff. Exactly. That's that's because it's it's kind of um, 
experimental still. I mean, we've we've just let's say uh, come across the iceberg, and now we are we are chipping away, see what's what, and uh, um, uh, so I'm 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 trying to to carve a path into into you know uh, how are we gonna deep dive this? Um, do you guys wanna wanna ask questions first or shall I start? Um. Let's see. Uh, let's uh, let's 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 just uh, start. You know, asking questions, and we, there's no there's no format. You know, if we get stuck on something, we'll go deep on it. Maybe we'll we'll end up talking about Britney Spears or something like that. <laughs> so, doesn't All right. matter. That's what this, that's the type of podcast this is. <laughs> uh, Perfect. But uh, so that like one thing that I find like that's not like really near and dear to my heart is uh, sci-fi. I love science fiction. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of one of the recurring themes of science fiction is always AI. Yeah. Um, Isaac Asimov, um, you know, yeah. uh, Scott, um, all of them have, you know, uh, if anybody ever has ever seen, um, you know, um, uh, Space Odyssey, it's always AI. AI is always the the best thing. It's always the it's always the one thing that destroys everybody. Yeah. And that's that's what I find really. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a evil intention in itself. I mean, um, there is a stigma regarding AI, and uh, um, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna do my part to break it up. For the people who are like me, that they're really they will we know I know basically nothing about AI except for you know the you know the general idea of it. Um, what's so somebody like that might be asking themselves, okay, like what's the application now? What what's the use of this yeah. right now? So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start first with the difference between um, where we are now, which is actually machine learning and um, um, artificial intelligence in in the most broad general uh, sense of the term. Right. So. Um, what what we see in in science fiction uh, movies or stories that's a general artificial intelligence. So it's a, it's a system. It's a, it's an artificial system, and you know you can debate what's artificial and what not. But that's a, that's a more philosophical uh, uh, question. Um, but it's a general system that can mimic the human brain and uh, mimic human functions. And um, uh, let's take a look at, uh, at Jarvis from, uh, um, uh, from, uh, from Stony Star. I remember. <laughs> yeah. You know this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of yeah. Course, yeah. Jarvis. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the, um, I, I kind of need to think a bit hard at the moment, but that's like the most friendly AI I've come across in, in, in all these stories, you know, so yeah. um, the AI was uh, was able to was was uh, its intent was to protect and to serve, you know. So a quite honorable piece of code, let's say. But uh, that's way way in the future, and um, the only thing we can do right now is write a piece of code that can, uh, in iterations incrementally change itself 
So it's gonna get better and better and better and better. And the thing is, the time of getting better, so every iterations is like nanoseconds. So you can run the simulation for like the training set um, for a certain amount of time. And a human being would need, I don't know, maybe 2 billion years to get at the same level, you know? So that is that is where we are right now. And that is also a bit scary because if you take a look at, um, I don't know if you know AlphaGo, that's uh, that's a program that- uh, The chess that, one, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the Chinese chess is Go. So ah, okay, yeah. With, yeah, so with chess, you can actually brute force your way into a solution because you have you have a matrix of uh, uh i'm not really a chess guy i reckon 20 40 40 i don't know kiri you know this how many blocks do you have on a on the table oh oh you mean like that okay um hold on one second uh it's uh, 16 eight, pieces right yes yeah, eight by eight so eight by eight okay yeah so um if you take a look at the at the go matrix that is uh that's quite larger yeah. i don't know this by heart but it's it's so many that you cannot brute force it anymore so if you if you would write a piece of code that would um yeah, uh, uh, with the rules would need uh, a certain amount of time to you know figure out all the moves forever it would go on until eternity. So they they wrote a program that just took a look at how the game is played and it learned itself. And in such a way that it beats the best guy, like the best human we have, you know, which is, I mean, this guy has been has been yeah. playing this forever. And uh uh this piece of code just run a few times and uh it beat it. So that's that's the that's the scary part of it, and the maybe the more scary part of it is that usually we don't really know how the program changes itself. So there is a a ghost that has three hundred and sixty-one stones. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So that's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's that's much and much more. But uh. At a certain point, now we have people specializing in, let's say, dissecting the code to learn how the machine did what it did. Because we, we, we just cannot understand it. it. It learns in a certain way that it's not all the time intuitive for us humans. So I can imagine, you know, the, the speed of it and um the uncertainty of okay how is this piece of code doing what it's doing kind of um trigger a sense of uh uncertainty need more need for security and that's that's how humans are no i mean if you take at uh at the dark ages what we don't know we kill or what we don't understand we kind of lock up and kill also so um i'm i'm really promoting the good side of this because this is this is actually what we need to 
I truly believe that this is what we need to keep humankind from going extinct because the world is becoming more and more complex. Um, they've done studies with, uh, uh, you know, human beings being able to think um, with a certain amount of variables, variables in relation to each other. And at the most, I mean, the most capable of us can do it with four variables. With the fifth variable, it's 50-50. It's like a gamble. And I mean, if you take a look at um, at the Go or at chess even, there are multiple variables. So let's say if you want to if you want to compute like a forecast, like a weather forecast, there are so many variables in that equation. We are not we are, we are simply biologically not capable of comprehending it. You know, so we need machine learning to help us make better decisions. It's, 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 it's as simple as uh, making decisions without reading books or the paper or whatever, or making decisions with all the information you're, you can have at your, uh, at your disposal. You're kind of hinting at uh, data-driven decision-making, right? Yeah, but this is, this is like a more, this is the next step. So you can, you can make decisions based on, based on data. Um, and you can make decisions with a high probability with like, with a, so, so, um, let me circle back. Let's say in a, in a company, every, uh, action, there is a certain amount of information coupled to an action. So let's say I'm uh, I work at a at an insurer, and uh, I call up a customer, and uh, they have already um, a let's say a car insurance with us, and uh, I'm curious if they want to, you know, broaden their their portfolio with uh, um, insurance for their house against fire, against uh, uh, water damage, against theft, um, against whatever. But I would need information about this customer to uh, provide a service um, to see where can I create value for this person. You know, maybe, maybe he doesn't own a house. Maybe he just bought a house. So these are all information that is related to a certain action and I can take a look at the data we as a company you know uh, as a fictive company uh, collected over the years and uh, I see a spreadsheet before me with a million numbers I'm like okay I see maybe a trend here I'm gonna go for it but it's still intuition it's still it's still a gut feeling so if you if you let a certain machine learning algorithm uh, 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 take its course and the result is going to be okay this person with a probability of let's say 80% would most likely like uh, an insurance against a theft 
for um, an insurance uh, against fire. And that's much more valuable than just throwing it out there and, uh, you know, spamming everybody and uh, just to maybe create some value without knowing what's the probability of it. So I see, I see machine learning as a, uh, as a quantum leap further than only data analysis. This is, this is really looking or trying to look into the future with a certain probability. So as far as like uh, insurance companies goes, it makes a lot of sense because uh, your, your risk analysis will be a lot, um, a lot broader, a lot deeper. Um, a lot more exact. Yeah. A lot more precise. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but if you're not in the, like, uh, let's say uh, that those companies exist, of course, and uh, uh, there are a lot of them, but um, what, what implications, like what's something that, so what's something that we would find surprising? Oh, like, well, it's also, it's also applicable there. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a broad spectrum for it. So let's say, um, um, do you know the story about uh, Cambridge Analytica? Uh, that name sounds very familiar, uh, but yeah. I, just, I can't recall right now. Okay, so it's uh, been in Cambridge. the press in, uh, in a really bad way because they were... They were um, the elections, right? Yes. So they were yeah. accused with, uh, um, you know, uh, flexing a bit around the, the elections. But they also did it in Trinidad. And um, I mean, they, they were paid to influence the, 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 the local populace to throw the election in a certain way. And this is, I mean, this is, this, this, this is crazy. I mean, this, this, this hadn't, this shouldn't have happened at all. But this is also the power of of this technology, and with every every piece of technology, it's it's just a tool, uh, like a hammer. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. You know, and um, but there's also, um, I mean, things. Let's say the 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 weather forecasting that are getting much and much more um, precise. That actually save lives. I mean, I'm I'm a lot on the water, and it really can make a, a really big difference if you're, um, let's say, an hour out, or three hours out, or six hours out from from the front. You know, you can get cut out, and uh, these things really, really can save lives. Um, yeah. There are there are so many applications. Um, I mean, they have pieces of code now drafting news, like news articles, okay. and um, they draft. Let's say there's gonna be an announcement, and um, they they let a machine draft uh, piece A and piece B, and depending on what the announcement is, they're gonna go with A or B. Um, okay. There are, there are. Uh, I mean, you name it. It's 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 like a, it's like an 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 empowerment tool, for, for us human beings. You know. 
Yeah. One thing that uh, I'm not sure if I heard this or is something that I thought up, but uh, that uh, it'd be nice to send uh, to send uh, uh, AI to like if we're gonna go colonize Mars, it'd be nice to have somebody you know an AI there already building everything before everybody gets there. Yeah. Uh, maybe I heard uh, probably Elon or somebody said that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that I haven't heard that yet, but uh, that would be that would be a certain um, that would save a lot of a lot of you know uh, 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 lives, maybe even um, if robotics can take over for uh, for a bit. But before, I mean, before we're there, there's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of years. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the um, the New Year's or Christmas video of uh, um, the Boston guys, the Boston Dynamics guys. Um, yeah, I'm keeping up with that a little bit. Yeah, so they they made these robots dance in in perfect synchronization. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember. You know? I, I so, shared that. That's right. Yeah. So I mean. We are, I'm sure, we are capable right now of combining the hardware with the software. Um, it is still, I mean, it's going to be a really clunky robot uh, not being able to do, um, you know, uh, as in as in all biological uh, uh, functions. But um, we're on our way. We're on our way. And um, I think the thing that is there is uh there's this whole movement of people um you know almost almost crying their souls out about we need to regulate this we need to put a put a like an umbrella um, um organization on top of it um i'm not sure there's that's that's the way to go but the information we need transparency. We really need transparency. So that's that's one thing I'm I'm also advocating that uh, there's a lot of teams, a lot of organizations experimenting with uh, uh, mostly the software side of uh, now let's call it artificial intelligence. Um, but it's still it's still. I hope everybody's gonna take responsibility and and really focus on transparency and uh, uh, focus on the ethics that's that's not something we can uh, disregard yeah I think I think what a lot of people that are worried about is that currently you look at the AI solutions that are in place for example right now I'm looking at um, one that's called Vincent which is like yeah. a legal assistant and they're already using it in the US certain companies um, I also received an ad that they were trying to sell that solution here in the Caribbean region. Okay. And these are really cool, innovative solutions that make us better uh, professionals. And it helps us work faster and better. But I think a lot of people are worried about that AI could develop beyond a certain threshold where it's not controllable anymore. And of course, you have the, uh, the doomsday scenario thinkers that believe that AI is going to get so developed so sophisticated, it's like a new life form, which is superior to its creator, which is us. And yeah. then 
you end up living in a world that's pretty much managed by AI where you're like <laughs> a zoo animal, right? Yeah. And if and if the AI is nice, they'll keep us alive and make sure we're comfortable <laughs> and yeah. they'll do all the big thinking, you know? But yeah. um, who knows where it will end up? I, I think both sides are very compelling arguments. Um, you see also that like very popular people in tech, uh, like Elon Musk, uh, they're constantly disagreeing with their own peers, right? Yeah. Um, so, and I find that really interesting because they have similar backgrounds, um, similar uh, educational backgrounds. Uh, also, I think probably IQs that approximate each other. So they're almost just as smart. They're in the same yeah. league, you could say, and they reach totally different conclusions. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the same thing as in, um, if, if right now, you know, somebody asks us, what's your definition of, of good? Um, I mean, we all think about good somehow in the same, in the same way, but we all three are gonna draft up different definitions of good, you know? So that's, that's, that's a really subjective part of it. Mm -hmm. um, what I really, I mean, um, where I really need to draw the line, because, you know, if, if somehow um, people in general get more um, uh, accessible information about machine learning, and um, if, if the, the tech community um, take its responsibility and call it what it's what I mean call the thing what it is there's going to be less confusion about what artificial intelligence really is so actually I I actually don't like talking about artificial intelligence because it's 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 still sci-fi and uh, yeah. um, uh, I'd rather call it machine learning yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's not something we're gonna reach um in in you know in a couple of years that's that's yeah. that's really not so um but i think the term ai yeah. is just much more marketable right like of yeah, course i, of I course. mean if everybody's using it it's like the go word yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. local buzzword yeah, yeah 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 of course one of the most but, popular uh, of all time was uh, was ai yeah <laughs> that's the one with jude law no uh yeah 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 the 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 small child but there was also there was also the one from back in the day in the 80s with the robot that's on like uh it's on rails i forget the oh. name of it, but it they had like three sequels it was like huge it was fucking big okay oh, sorry that was in 90s sorry i'm gonna look it up if i, but, um, if I find out that yeah so yeah. you know this 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 science fiction ai um which i'm actually really dreaming about but uh that's not i i i really hope i'm gonna see it in my lifetime but i'm i'm if i'm being realistic i don't think i'm gonna see it in my lifetime so we can get really really clever with uh um solving solving problems with machine learning and uh right now every piece like little piece of code is highly specialized in solving just one uh, one problem, or maybe 
maybe one part of the sub problem even you know so that's a really long way from a generalized or general artificial intelligence which can you can talk to as a as a person and uh uh let him do this and let him do that so um i think with proper better information uh um a lot of the angst is going to be it's going to get polished away and uh, people are going to see that uh machine learning is 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 a is a life-changing tool is a really life-changing tool i mean um the 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 algorithms right now let's say in uh, in the health sector they with um um identifying melanoma you know so uh, uh, cancerous uh, um skin cells they have a much better probability much better percentage of uh, of uh, identifying the melanoma than the most seasoned uh doctors and surgeons and all you know That's so the most exciting part of a of a machine learning to me like yeah. the applications of medicine yeah and um they can they can um you know draft uh iteration after iteration after iteration of these uh proteins and uh like a lot of stuff i i don't i don't even get but uh um there are a lot of um let's say uh, questions we still have regarding uh, the human biology that we can you know uh, machine learn our way through them yeah no i get it you know you can condense 20 years of experiments uh, into you know much less exactly things like that you know, exactly. calculations that would take forever, you know, take a second. I exactly. totally get it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the society is going to be more fair. Um, there's going to be less waste. Um, I mean, you can, if you can, if you can predict uh, uh, certain things, you can anticipate better. You can, uh, you know, set up infrastructure or, um, 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 uh, set up organizations to take care of problems even before they they really get critical mass, you know. And um, uh, within the socio um, the social economical uh, uh, context, um, health sector. So I see the technology as a as a as a transparent foundation. Everybody should be working on. Yeah. I, th I think um, I like it. I, I think it's going to be beneficial. But you know, of course, I think it's not. It's going to have its bad side too. Of course. And, and what I what I think the bad side is going to be is um, we are we already have hackers. Hackers already mm -hmm. exist. Um, black hat hackers who are malicious already exist. So yeah. it's it's not it's not going to be anything new. It's just going to be a new tool. You know, in that, and For who knows what the, who knows what what they'll come up with? Maybe they'll make a self self replicating one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's gonna be like uh, two thousand and one. You know. You, you know what? I I see it a lot, like uh, the internet, for example. There was this really cool uh, interview with uh, David Bowie, like way okay. back, way back in the day. And uh, internet was just coming around, and he asked him, uh, "Well, as an artist, you know, 
how do you look at the internet and uh, what's it going to be like? And he said, like, um, he already had the intelligence or the, the foresight to see this is an invention that we don't even know what kind of world it's going to create. Yeah. And the interviewer laughed it off. It was like, ah, you know, Dave Bose yeah. just being um, crazy. You know, it's, it's hyperbole. <laughs> But he, he was right on the money. Like it's yeah. changed the way we interact yeah, with each other, the way we consume yeah. um, entertainment. Everything has changed because of the internet. And I think machine learning and later AI is really gonna change the world. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Like, like, like Ollie, I'm I'm also really into the sci-fi uh, aspect of it. Like I, I love reading or watching movies about singularity. Yeah. You know when. And basically, uh, technology will help us transcend, you know, become something else. Yeah. And there are all these crazy theories about it, about, for example, the merging of man and machine. And some people disagree with that vision. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it's very possible, you know, just like the anime Ghost in the Shell. I think yeah. it will be in phases, you know, like uh, there will be like um, artificial body parts that will perform better than the, than the biological equivalents. Yeah. And after a while, if it becomes uh, widespread enough, then basically in order to be able to compete, you will have to need that upgrade, you know? Yeah. yeah. For example, yeah. that Neuralink, that, yeah, that Neuralink that uh, Elon Musk came up with, like yeah. if it becomes really widespread and it really gives you an edge, no matter what kind of job you hold, then it's going to be a hard sell to not go with it because... <laughs> if you want to participate in the economy, if you yeah. know, if you need to provide for yourself, it's it could become yeah. necessary. You're talking yeah. about a cyberpunk future. Yeah, yeah. It might be I a mean, cyberpunk it, future. It's, it's way off still, but uh, it doesn't sound too crazy to me anymore. No. Upgrade my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I'm I'm um, I would like to. Uh, okay, so do do. Do you guys know about uh, um, the post the post scarcity economy? Does this ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, I've heard ideas about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what what really uh, um, intrigues me a lot, and it's really close to my heart. And um, um, I truly think that you know uh, um, things like tools, technology, like uh, like machine learning, for example. Um, if we put it to good use, we can really and and of course with the with the right intentions, we can really work towards a future without scarcity. You know, and it's not only about. I know it's not only about um, uh, the tools and the and the stuff. I mean, we really uh, there's a there's a huge energy problem we need to solve. But uh, um, I I don't see people thinking um dead ahead you know so everybody's like okay we need education now and uh, i mean these are all valid points but eventually we are uh you know globally in 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 a in a kind of a spiral and um of course we're getting better bit by bit but i would really love to see more people with a certain intention, a specific intention, even. Let's say, okay, let's make a pact. Let's go for a future without scarcity. 
and let's use all the tools we have to make it happen. You know, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be within uh, within a hundred years, but eventually we can get there. And um, uh, we can use all the robotics we uh, we can think of, all the all the nice stuff we have to make it happen. But uh, until until there's no common ground, as in, okay, what are we really going for as a as a planet? Yeah, it's 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 kind of a it's tough. Everybody dabbles in it and that, and that's it. Yeah. All right, man. I, let's, I think, let's, I'll go for it. Yeah, I, I think what we always face is that the growth of change in technology is much greater than, let's let's say, the change. Our uh, biological uh, our, evolution. Exactly. And our mindset. Yeah. Like, we still yeah. operate pretty much like we did in the Bronze Age, you know? Like, yeah. we focus sure. on accumulating material wealth um we, we operate from a mindset of scarcity where we yeah. try to oppress the other so exactly. our own position is safe uh, it, <laughs> i don't know i yeah i we always seek to dumb, totally dominate medieval. the other yeah it's still yeah, the same it's, it's much more subtle and you know there are more rules in place yeah but it's um, there but it's still there like for example yeah. if you look at how the western world is still kind of like uh, putting Africa in a chokehold to get the input for production at the lowest possible price. Yeah, not um, only Africa. The, I mean, uh, no, yeah, not only all Africa. Over the place. All over yeah. the place. But that shows clearly that the game hasn't changed much. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, everybody's like still in this uh, survival mode. Uh, even it's like for their fourth or, or fifth portion, you know? So. Uh... Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, wonder, I, like, I don't remember which podcast it was, Ollie. Remember when we started talking about space mining? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I think Angelina was there. Angelina yeah. Was, yeah. You should, you should uh, go to the moon and mine a uh, helium tree. <laughs> There's actually a company called the Space Mining Company. Uh, oh, really? Uh, it's, it's, from, it's, from, uh, it's from Switzerland. And um, um, or I'm not Switzerland. It's, it's from that region, uh, and uh, they're actually their mission statement is to do exactly that: mine asteroids uh, and anything else that they can get to. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of material we are we are really uh, really uh, blowing through right now. They're all finite, you know. So yeah. Eventually, they're gone, <laughs> and then we fuck. And we we're also suffering the the negative externalities of production, you know. Yeah. Uh, the production of uh, carbon, um, you know, polluting the waters, polluting the soil. Yeah, man. I mean, it would be amazing if we get to the point where we have AI that can basically produce on external colonies where there's no biological life or at least no intelligent life. And basically then we kind of like move all the, neg the negative externalities of production out of the world and we just live in a kind of paradise and the computers do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Alpha Centauri, baby. <laughs> that's that's, 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 what, we're that's what they want, right? Like all the, the, the rich tech billionaires. Everybody wants that, man. I mean, uh, you're talking about a world that's almost in a, the same as us and bigger, like much, much bigger. You know, but still, if, if, if we don't evolve past 
let's say uh, um, uh, jealousy and uh, and uh, these kind of uh, primordial feelings, it's going to be like a second earth. You know, yeah, it's exactly. part of our nature. You're going to fuck we're, that we're up never... also. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I was... think we'll ever get over that. Yeah, well, wow. that's that's the problem I have because I was talking to another friend and we were um, debating position. He was like, "No, when we become like a space-faring species, everything's going to be different." And I was like, "No, we're just going to be exporting the de- disease, yeah. ourselves yeah. and our negative yeah. mindset, out into yeah. the universe." You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're not going to be uh, those aliens that say we come in peace. We're going to be like uh, the aliens <laughs> in Dragon Ball. You know, the super saiyans. The, want to blow shit up and sell their the remnants of planets <laughs> to other races, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're going to do all that Christopher Columbus shit all over again. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be, oh, not these guys again. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what we, we get to a planet and there are like these native type people living there? And they're, all and they're peaceful like, and stuff. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> this is Pocahontas 3000, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah no man that's why i'm all about uh designer babies i mean let's uh <laughs> let's geocode the the jealousy out of it all these uh diseases out of it but also oh, you're talking uh, about like a um... bit more uh, a bit more objective thinking critical thinking yeah. i mean you're talking uh... about this uh book called um derby dragon oh and i don't know this uh, that's exactly the plot what happens is that uh, humanity gets to a point where they realize that they that they can't stop fighting, so they outsource governments to AI. Dirty Dragon? And, yeah, there be dragons. It's a very old book, really good. Uh, and so what happens is that the people first the first thing that happens is the birth rate goes down. Okay, because people have nothing to do. Everybody gets paid. Nobody has to work. Uh, so people start getting, you know, a little lazy. There's no, there's no reason to hurry, to rush anymore because you live for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's it's it's a death, you know, by a thousand cuts. Uh, you know, and uh, that, that's what you know. I'm not, I'm not gonna give away like the that, that's just the, like the beginning. I might have, uh, I might have did a typo because I got. A curvy girl, <laughs> a curvy witch, strange magic. <laughs> I think that's, that's one of the tabs you left open while you were coding. <laughs> that was your lunch break. Uh... Uh, <laughs> let me see. This is some dirty AI. <laughs> no, let me see. There be dragon. Let me see if I can find it. Um, What's the the author called? I forget. Um, it's been a while since I read it. Yeah, yeah. but like what that book mentions, like there, you guys know the video games Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty popular. Like in Metal yeah. Gear Solid Two, there was um like the player character, like he discovers that the colonel and the other people he was talking to on his radio communications device were actually AI programs. Ah, which was like a really trippy reveal because you were playing the whole game and listening to them and you thought they were actual people and yeah. they were but they were like copies so they copied these people and they made you talk to these programs and um, 
it's funny because you you go through all these weird situa combat situations and you kind of have like a relationship with them, right? And then mm. it comes to reveal we're not even human, we're not even alive, we're uh, yeah. computer software, AI. And they explain that they were created, uh, just like Ollie mentioned uh, as the storyline of the book, that some very smart people realize, hey, it's not going well, you know, we need to make a change. Yeah. And they figured that they would... Um, Put it like an AI in command of kind of like auditing culture. So the moment there there was like a cultural trend that would be negative for the development of the species, these um, AIs would then go to work and try to manipulate society to put them back on like a, a positive trend. Oh yeah. Which is really interesting and yeah. maybe maybe we will arrive at a station where we feel like the best decisions are being made by AI. Yeah, because we we have so many limitations. Uh, maybe that's an option. You know, be ruled by the AI who are superior to us in every way, and you know, don't have these fleshly weaknesses. You know, and jealousy yeah. and the will to survive because they are they are somewhat eternal. Well, but the thing is, I don't... I... yeah, go ahead, Oli. Oh, sorry. Uh, I said uh, one of the one of the funny things about the book I think I remember is that uh, in the beginning they say that um, the first few times they they did that that they give uh, the the AI control over uh, over the politics and over everything else it didn't go so well uh, <laughs> because because uh, the AI decided that the best way to do it would be to put us in a coma and then make sure that we're yeah. insulated from everything <laughs> and just feed us so yeah. you know, keep us alive. Um, you know, like the Matrix, right? Yeah, oh, uh, but, yeah, but like for our own good, you know, to keep it, you know, so yeah. that we can't hurt each other. <laughs> and we can't yeah, hurt but, ourselves I mean, either. I mean, that's yeah. the crazy part about the Matrix. Like, I'm a big fan of the, the movie series. But in the end, like, if you look at it from a different perspective, basically they created a reality where um, we can live productive lives, be stimulated. Um, and it's like a win-win for both species because otherwise, like both species would become extinct because the machines needed people for the for the energy to create with their bodily warmth. Yeah. And um, mankind basically ha have these negative instincts, which lead to utter destruction in the end. So they figured that was like uh, uh, the ultimate solution: just put put people in a matrix. And I think in the lore, there was also like a. a a precursor to the Matrix in the movies, which was like paradise at first, but people just couldn't come to terms with the fact that everything was so amazing. <laughs> so they rebelled against that idea. Yeah. And then they created a <laughs> Matrix, which was like total hell, like being like in a sci-fi movie or like a fantasy realm where you have to fight to survive all the time, which they also rebelled against. And then they created the Matrix we pretty much live in. Which is like um, like a sandbox game, right? Like almost anything can happen, but there is yeah. like there are some laws in place, That's which the, the one of course of, can uh, bend, you know? Yeah. The illusion of free will. Exactly. Yeah. Super those interesting. Are, um, yeah, those are really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen Altered Carbon, the series on Netflix? Yeah, man, that's nice. Dope, right? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. You know, that's my greatest fear about um, the current technological developments. I think pretty much the people with great capital will, of course, try to 
you know, use that technology for their own benefit. I mean, yeah. that's what all rational actors would do. Yeah. You know, if you structure it like a game theory, that that would be the move. You know, to to increase their capital even more. Yeah. And like in that series, you have these people who have lived like uh, thousands of years, and of course they're super super rich because they've yeah. been accumulating capital for all that time. You know, so compounding uh, like hell. Yeah. Exactly. So even if you have like a million dollars, if you start with a million dollars, if you just add interest on it over a thousand years, you're going to be uber rich. So you have like <laughs> no social mobility. You're either super rich or you're just, you're just an ant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, man. And they were using like these body sleeves, you know, just to experience, you know, to feel something, you know, to, to have new experiences, because I think it would be super boring to live forever. I, I'm um, I'm not sure unless I'm unless sure. unless you become like a, a watcher, you know, that yeah. you're like a, you know, like like, a, like yeah, like an observer, and you're just interested in to see how things develop and yeah. how history unfolds. But I think yeah. when it comes to to trails, I think after a few lives, you'll be done with that. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like it was something to do. True, true, but I think a lot of people struggle with finding meaning in life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are people who, you know, if you look at them from the outside, live perfectly great lives. You know, very interesting people. Um, uh, you know, with great success. Yeah. And sometimes these people are simply miserable. You know. Yeah, they feel kind of hollow. Yeah, and they can't wait for that pain to end. And I, I think that will be even worse. Like just like in the in the vampire movies. Like an uh, interview with a vampire is also a really great movie about yeah. like how you would experience eternal life. Like after a while, I think everything would just be so dull and everybody you meet will, will be like a fly because they die so soon. Yeah. The kid was like always uh, super miserable because she didn't hit puberty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's messed up, bro. Can you imagine? <laughs> like <laughs> you're not yeah. ready to ride like the all the rides at Disney World like for thousands of years so <laughs> basically you're you're the elder and they tell you you're too short to ride this, uh, this <laughs> no go back to your mama <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah that was great yeah that's really funny man but that's why i love uh, i love anime so much because um these yeah. concepts they kind of work them out yeah um you know piece by piece per anime and uh of course because uh like the limitations sure. of a live action you can't really do so much but uh they they draft up i can't remember this uh i was searching for it but there's also what's this, your favorite uh, anime like, um so anime yeah. oh like my my my, my all-time favorite i reckon cowboy bebop Oh yeah, that's dope. yeah that's also one of my top five animes for sure yeah. i never got into that one yeah. Really? No, I never got into the, the Cowboy Bebop. You should check it out, man. It's dope. I'm like, check it out, man. Like but when there's... it's like the ending, bro. I'm I'm still hurting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right, I'm right still in not the feels. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a scar that you're gonna just carry with you forever. Oh. I found the name but... of the book. It's uh, Here Be Dragons. Here Be Dragons. Yeah. I, I I put it in the chat. Oh, cool. Yeah, Thanks. by all the hacks. Okay, cool. Yeah, I figured you'd also be into um, Ghost in the Shell. 
Yeah, man. I've seen uh, I've seen everything about it, and you know the yeah. whole uh, the whole uh, uh, concept of uh, okay. So what's the soul? You know, if yeah. you if you replace a total body um, and maybe a part of the mind, I mean that's that's something we are we as in uh, our our uh, science community are are working on. You know, so if you yeah. if you slice the brain in pieces where where is the point you lose the soul where you know what's the mind what's the yeah so these yeah. are all uh, quite intriguing questions there's also i'm not sure if it's psychopaths or or another one where they they collected like all the all the brains uh working brains of uh deceased intellectuals and uh they put it in a in this basin, there's this really large basin, and they connected it all, and that was like the the central city brain, you know, controlling everything, and uh, oh, eventually, yeah. yeah, and eventually, uh, um, the 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 collective consensus what was still too stringent for the people living there, but all these all these concepts, you know, I mean. How are we gonna solve the problem uh, of humanity? I mean, these are these are all existential problems, you know. True. Yeah. You know, I, I do fear, like, as machine learning becomes more embedded in society, and when eventually it will evolve into full-fledged AI, I think individ individuality is really at stake, and I don't think they will kind of forced like a regime on us. Mm. But basically, uh, you will have the illusion of free will. Yeah. But, you, but you're constantly being attacked by all these al algorithms, you know, bombarding you with all these messages. Yeah. Information where you mean? Yeah. So basically, they, they shape all your, your tastes and needs and all your behavior is completely predictable. Although you're maybe convinced that you're making the decisions, but yeah. it's all being funneled, you know? Yeah, but I mean, if we if we really can get philosophical now, I mean, what say that what we perceive right now is an objective reality? You know, so that's that's a question I don't think we're gonna solve ever. Yeah. So yeah. if if you're yeah. if you're okay with this, why not okay with that? Yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah, I think we'll just, so, we'll just learn to live with it. You know, just like uh, when when the when the cars were first invented, there was a lot of people who were saying those things are like terrible, they're like deadly. Why do you, why would you get a win one? Yeah. yeah. So, but now everybody has one. Yeah. <laughs> there was sure, also man. like a similar like concern. They said like <laughs> ladies could not could never board a plane because because of their vaginas that could be like lethal. <laughs> 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 is that a real thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm gonna Google it because it was hilarious. Cause it, it also had like this, it's, you know, this old-timey sketch dude, where they where they drew the wind, and they felt like yeah, it will cause like uh, big pressures in their vacuums, you know, and because they have a vagina, projectile explosive, <laughs> it will be deadly to them or something. Yeah. Oh man, back in the days, people were right stupid, now. eh? Back in you the know, days, people were kind yeah. of stupid. You know, you know the saying like "blowing smoke up someone's ass." Yeah, that was actually um, actually a thing. On, yeah, it was actually a thing. So when people drowned, 
they believe that blowing smoke in someone's ass could actually revive them. Jesus. You should be all, yeah, man, like, we had these crazy ideas in the past, man. Like, you know, now now we laugh about it, but back then, these these were the intellectuals, right? These yeah, were the guys yeah, yeah. They were trying to figure things yeah. out. <laughs> They're going to be like, son, Jimmy, what are you going to be when you grow old? No. You know the guy blowing smoke up the other guy's ass? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to try to save lives. <laughs> save lives that's honorable, my son. That's really honorable. <laughs> oh, so oh, do you guys, guys want to know, let's say, how, how machine learning actually works? Yeah, please. Actually, I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, can you can you like okay. uh, walk walk us through like a right like a? It's like an optimization uh, algorithm, right? Like... Yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do uh, you know like the 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 really basic one. So let's say yeah. you have one variable, and uh, this is the example everybody uses. You know, uh, with every machine learning course. Um, so let's say you have um, uh, your uh, realtor, and um, um, you have um, uh, all these real estates, and um, you want to uh, let's say say something about the relation, the relationship between um, the square uh, square meters, you know, the surface area and uh and the price in the future so you have all these data about mm -hmm. um you've sold maybe uh, let's say 300 houses in a certain area and uh, you have the surface area and you have the price you know and this i mean this is really really crude this is no 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 rocket science whatsoever so what you do um let's say you you plot them all as uh, as little points on a graph, and uh, you try to uh, with a with a ruler. You try to do one line, which is the closest to all the points. Yeah, so that that's your that's your model. So the 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 mathematical formula um, that represents the line. The single line that you that you've eyeballed and 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 drew uh, as close as to all the points, that's going to be your model. And now you will let the the machine, and this is called the cost function. So you will need to evaluate the difference between the point and the line, and make it as close as possible. So you train this piece of code, you train it until you have the least amount of difference. And then your training model is, uh, is optimized. You know, so it's, it's, it's um, if you think about it that way, it's, it's a really uh, logical and easy, tool to use where it gets kind of kind of black magic -y, um it's when you have 
hundreds, maybe hundred thousands of variables. And uh, you try to do it, you, you know, you try to do the same with it. And I mean, you have multiple uh, methods. Um, you have unsupervised or supervised. Um, you have uh, reinforcement learning. You have uh, uh, classification methods. You have regression methods. You have clustering methods. Um, so depending on what kind of a um, problem you're solving, there is a best method to solve that kind of a problem. But, uh, yeah. Can you train a training model? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Um, um, yeah, I, I, I think I know what you mean. And maybe maybe you're talking about these uh these uh, uh convolutional um networks so this is this is deep learning where you have multiple layers mm -hmm. and they all they all interact with each other you know so there's yeah. there's um you can go you can go also in depth with your model and 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 that's deep learning yeah that's, that's more yeah. that's more modeled let's say after after your human the human brain that's uh yeah. that's a neural network is it is it less is it less optimal or is it like the human brain's way of uh of organizing no it's actually uh it's 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 quite effective um it's really effective actually but it's also um uh much harder to comprehend what happened within within the network so with the first example i told you that's really you know like linear algebra you can you can really do it on a piece of paper but uh, with um, with the neural networks with deep learning that's where it gets really uh like like a black box and uh, uh people are really specializing in diving in these black boxes to identify uh, how does this result correlate to the input? And uh, I mean, I'm I'm not there yet with my uh, <laughs> with my uh, journey, but uh, I do read articles about it, and uh, it's almost magic. Yeah, yeah no, I guess. I think I found the article. It was actually about trains instead of airplanes. Oh, okay. But like the cool bit was like critics of early steam spoon locomotives, for example, thought that women's bodies were not designed to go at fifty miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote, and worried that the female passengers' uteruses would fly out of their bodies <laughs> as they were accelerated to that speed. Which oh, that would were, be nasty. <laughs> which this, were this, this is the fifties, right? What? This was the fifties, or? Uh, I think way back, uh, locomotives. That was like early nineteen hundreds, right? Yeah. Yeah, the first uh, industrial revolution. Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. I'm really still, I mean, <laughs> come on. I'll, I'll post the article. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's. But, uh, 
bizarre, but it, it was actually about like fearful reactions to new technology. So that, yeah. that, uh, that's why I made the link. So again, like when it came to cars, uh, locomotives, uh, airplanes, the internet, and now AI, there's always this fearful reaction. I, I think that's very yeah. human, you know, like when something's novel and yeah. unknown, we usually are conservative and, and fearful. Yeah. Till, till we get comfortable about the risks and rewards involved. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Like uh, uh, being able, be, being able to to make the machine that makes the machine. Yeah. So yeah. Um, at a certain point, I'm not sure if I can uh, can come up with a with a real life example right now, but. Um, at a certain point, um, there is going to be... So, um, let me circle back. Do you guys know about uh, um, uh, 3D printers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah. So, with, with um, production in general, there, there's a certain, uh, uh, it's, it's not really new, let's call it a, a certain uh, 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 philosophy, production philosophy, that um, they, 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 they draft um, the requirements and they put in what kind of uh, material and, uh, and production process uh, uh, is available. And then the computer is going to generate the model. And all these models look really organic. It's not, it's not, so they are, let's say, uh, uh, um, auto parts, just uh, yeah. automobile parts. And uh, there's actually this, this brand, a new car. I've seen it. I think I know what you're talking about. That's being built um, yeah. with a lot of, um these kind of parts so these are these are not really designed by uh, by engineers so the engineers draft the requirements so they 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 set in the framework and then um the machine really produces designs the part so all you need is the constraints so let's say uh this uh this part of the suspension um would need to bear a certain load, maybe uh, 1,500 kilos, and uh, uh, the machine drafts maybe three examples, three possibilities that can bear that load. And when you see these kind of parts, they're really organic. You you you, you kind of think, okay, this this has been growing in a tree or something, you know? Yeah. I've seen. I know what you mean, though. It's uh, it it looks it looks like it, it fits into in, in, into nature. You know, yeah. There are there are there are no ninety degree angles. Exactly. Um, Almost there none. There are no perfect circles. Yeah. They're really organic. Let me see if I can find it. I, I know what you're talking about because I saw the that video a few months ago. It was like a really freaky looking car. Yeah. Uh, I think it was blue. It had spines on it in the back, and, and it didn't. It didn't have. A, it didn't have a steering wheel. Instead of a steering wheel, it had a center console, 
where you put your hand flat and you feel it, you know, like you just move your hand forward and it goes forward. You Oh. move your hand backwards and if you move side to side, it, it goes side to side too. The, the wheels are at 360. Crazy. Yeah, and it's, I think it's it was built in Sweden. I am. Super cool. Yeah, man. Um what's uh what's like the main thing that people struggle with right now in uh in machine learning? Like what's the main problem that machine learning professionals are, are struggling with? Um, I reckon, I reckon efficiency and, uh, effectivity. So, uh, if you, if you imagine, um, what is being done, which is not experimental anymore are, um, let's say image recognition, but that's also, you know, face recognition and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, and um, a lot of uh, natural language processing, those are, uh, those are quite uh, developed. Um, but there are a lot of other applications and because everything is new, they are experimental, they are uh, tailored to a specific data set. So a specific situation, a specific company, specific region, specific people. Um, nothing is uh, is uh, generalized, and um, which means if um, if I want to implement a certain uh, solution here on the island, I would need to start not really from scratch, but I I would need to start from from a certain point. Um, even if I you know download. Um, a trained model already or um, access uh, uh, a data set or a trained data set um, even if I if I read all these papers uh, uh, regarding the same solution being done somewhere else um, I would need to start at a certain point so um, how to speed up the process and how to scale the solution those are uh um i think the most crucial things being being uh, tackled right now so there is this um this philosophy called um devops that's the the integration of developments and operations and uh now there's a there's a tangent and they call it ml ops so machine learning and operations and um, uh, people are really you know deep diving in how are we gonna scale um, the solution let's say uh, bring it out of experimental phase out of the pilot project and implement it company-wide um, those are those are actually quite hard to do um, for a lot of different factors uh, uh not having enough money for the whole uh project um not having uh, the talent for that um uh, not having enough data or not having the data in the in the right way um you know there's a lot of challenges that need to be uh ironed out and how what's the what's the like um What's the machine learning scene here? I'm curious. So, like, um, 
how many people are actually working on this down here? Like instead of like, let's say a lot of people are doing it in, in, in America and Europe, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I I know of I know of actually two other people that are um, experimenting with it. So um, yeah, I I'm 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 really not sure. So that's why I would really love to uh, set up maybe a small community, um, yeah. maybe through meetup or whatever. And uh, because I know there are many, many people interested, um, maybe maybe even already busy with it, but uh, yeah. uh, we're not connected, you know, or I'm not I, connected. I recommend you start a, a Telegram channel. That's a, yeah. it's super. It's super easy and it's a private. You know, it's a, you can in, do invites only. Exactly. And uh, and I really recommend it. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is also available on Telegram. So okay. I didn't notice. Okay. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. So so you know, I would love because, um, let's say living living in a, in an area um, uh, that this concept is uh or this this uh, this context is uh is more uh, you know more densely populated. You're gonna yeah. get um motivated you're gonna get uh uh, uh stimulated in uh in uh in going with and um weren't, sorry weren't they weren't they trying to do that in scarlo like they were trying to set up like a like a tech community in scarlo um they might have you know i i i actually live in scarlo i'm not sure what you're referring to if it's uh the... I thought I saw something back, in, you know, like a year ago, you know, like the or two years ago, that that they were trying to set up, like, bring more tech companies to Scarlo yeah. in order to bring, in order to make it like a, like a, you know, like a mini Silicon Valley type of deal. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, the thing is, um, people talk about uh about about startups, um, and 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 they actually mean small businesses and that's yeah. uh that's that's a huge difference you know that's 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 the difference that um the government actually needs to address and um um being being a startup that means you actually have almost no resources to do um anything else than the development of your idea and uh you need a certain infrastructure to support uh your endeavor you know so if it's uh if it's an incubator or an accelerator you need you need seed money um uh which is not a loan i mean people here are are really eager to sell loans but that's that's not a loan um and uh you need mentors like really seasoned mentors um and you need the infrastructure i mean you need a uh a large place to go sit with your laptop um with a with the same thinking people um which you can brainstorm with do uh do uh, pitch practice demo days i mean this is really not rocket science but there's no there's not much resource you know to uh to experiment with and uh, yeah, startup is about to... experimenting 
Yeah, we need to we need to attract more um, you know uh, tech people who want to invest in uh, in small communities uh, or who uh, who see a potential. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. Yeah, I I think I think uh, I think in this case, uh, like uh, private tech companies or private tech people who were in were in the industry in different countries could really benefit, or we yeah. could benefit from them. Of course, of course, it's uh. Um, it's like a cross pollination, no? So everybody yep. learns. And yeah, uh, so I'm right now, so right right now, machine learning isn't uh, like it's not far gone yet to where you can make money with it, is it? Or is it is it a business yet? Or for me, it is. But all my uh, all my clients are uh, in Europe, mm -hmm. and uh, um, I'm doing some experiments here um for local businesses but it's really really experimental because what um uh, uh we can really address here on the island it's uh something called data maturity so it's it's a certain um uh, uh let's call it um flow uh certain stages you mm -hmm as a as a company need to need to go through to make efficient and effective use of your data um in a in a responsible way so it's 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 generating the data you need um uh, uh defining um what problems you would like to tackle with with uh you know uh, uh, in general and then have a data scientist um, kind of infer or deduct what kind of data you need to generate and um, um, or you need to collect. You need a, a data engineer to draft up, you know, your whole um, um, uh, 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 data storage or data data structure. Um, you need a, a good governance, data governance. Um, you need you need to address a lot of things and um uh, i i think we're on the island we're still a bit yeah maybe let's call it taboo um it's a bit taboo you know to uh to share data or um doing doing enough with the data we have um bro like companies here even though like to put their prices online <laughs> you know that's crazy. No, they don't do that. And if you call, <laughs> and if you call, they say no, we don't give it. I'm like, no, what? Please, please come by. Visit us at our location. <laughs> and then you Holy come by, and they say, uh, no, we don't have it. Oh <laughs> man, I can burn the fucking place down. Hold on, I got, I got to give some context real quick because not everybody that's listening is from Curacao. In Curacao, our beloved island, we have this little thing that happens on Facebook where people will post things that they want to sell, and then they won't fucking put the price. Uh, and then you know, and, you, and they they say inbox me. So you have to you have to you have to post you have to PM them, and ask them for the price, because they're like they're afraid that they're asking for something outrageous, which it, it happens way too much and it's really like annoying. <laughs> yeah, I you that's know, more like secondary markets, right? Yeah, but I mean, like there are like uh, retailers, yeah, like established retailers who on don't the official like putting their sites. Online. Yeah. If they have an uh, if they have an official site, it's 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 crazy with with I know you know 
just a telephone number and uh, maybe two articles on it. And uh, yeah. when you call, they say, no, we don't have, uh, or, or like we don't give the the price. Please come by. And then you make an effort, you go by. And there's no, we don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's yeah. messed up? For example, here, like even supermarkets, you know, on a yearly basis, I think even more frequent than yearly, but especially around like uh, Christmas, they have the survey, right? And they kind of, give like a list of which are cheapest supermarkets on average and they even indicate which products are cheaper at uh, supermarket a versus supermarket b etc and um it's crazy because i have a feeling that for example albert albert Heijn sells something for five guilders and a different supermarket might sell it for 550 but that supermarket probably has a product that's much more expensive there than at AHA. So they, yeah. they, they're they kind of playing a game where, okay, you're at the supermarket, you, you you really need something. You don't have time actually to, to, to drive around for it. So you'll just buy it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So let, yeah. let, me tell you, let me tell you the secret about that. The problem is that some people uh, never get around to finding a better way to ship their product for a cheaper price, and some people did. And it, it differs from product to product. And what you don't, what doesn't happen is, I'm not gonna tell you where I, had the way that I found out to bring my stuff so that you can have the same price. So they don't right. share information. They, they don't share yeah, the information, you. you know. So, like so I, like saying, I found out. So right? you're saying it's like the overhead, you know, of shipping the product in that causes these variations. Let me give you an example. Do you remember back in the day? Uh, I think it, uh, you know, maybe even like ten years ago, uh, uh, we had we had uh, two types of Red Bull on the island. We had the uh, official Red Bull, which was expensive as fuck, and we had another Red Bull, which was cheap. It was the same product, but people were ordering. The people were shipping it from different countries. Okay, because same brand. Yeah, there was a black market Red Bull and there was a regular market Red Bull. Same brand. Okay. It's it's, just, it's the same product. No, it's just it's just. This is what happened, uh, and it may, I don't know if it's, it's completely true or not, but Red Bull decided to, what was was selling, you know, containers of Red Bull to all their clients, stuff like that. Some dude came up and said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to buy, not one, I'm going to buy 20 of these things, but I want a better price, you know, and then, so they, so they do that a couple of times, and then they get the price so low that now all the regular clients either want the same type of price or, you know, they can't compete. So what, what you end up with is one guy selling Red Bull to all the smaller clients for a really, really low price and another guy buying from the official Red Bull and buying it for a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So so it was just like uh, the quantity rebate, you know, because the, yeah. they, they bought like a large uh, ship shipment. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed a similar thing with like, I like drinking Monster. I don't drink it all the time, but when I go for an energy drink, it's usually the Green Monster. And um, at this Chinese store, uh, Best Buy supermarket, they, they us usually sold it at a much lower price. And when I checked the, the packaging, it was because they were buying it from Poland. Really? So it had like, yeah, it had like Polish text on it. With asbestos. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? But it was like <laughs> it was the original monster, 
But when I checked, um, for example, at Mangosa or a different supermarket, it would have it would have the English text. So it was probably yeah. from Miami or something. So yeah. do you remember? Yeah. Do, do you remember there was like a good six months where all of a sudden there was Venezuelan Coca-Cola too on the market? Like every, yeah. all, all the supermarkets had the regular, uh, you know, two liter uh, Coca-Cola and they had yeah. a Venezuelan one. And it had yeah. a different color cap, right? Yeah, the cap was yeah, different. Was, yeah. The whole thing was different. Yeah. But it, the taste was different as well. I felt like the, the Venezuelan Coca-Cola was not, yeah, it was not that great. It also had less gas, I think. Yeah, add less gas and add more sugar. Okay, yeah. I think, you know, for example, what a lot of these companies do is they also tailor their product to the local taste, right? Yeah. So you might buy, like, a soda pop bottle in the U.S. and it tastes slightly different from, let's say, in Europe and Holland. And I spoke to someone who was in that industry and he said, like, for example, yeah, like in Curacao and also in the U.S., because we pretty much have the same taste. We like the fizz, but a oh, lot of yeah. consumers in Holland don't like fizz. Like even the people that drink fizzy drinks want their fizz like at low or medium. Well, oh. we like a lot of bubbles, you know? Oh, they tweaked it for us. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're bubbly and, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're bubbly people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and what you mentioned about the price differences, it's also like, for example, with medicine, you know, like it's region-based, the pricing system. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors, and a lot of it has to yeah. do with customs, and a lot, of, a lot of it comes from customs and shipping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, that was a tangent. Well, kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we get back on track? <laughs> what? How do we get back? Okay. Help us. <laughs> Uh, let's do a bit of a. What, what was the last science fiction movie you guys saw? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I watched so many movies sometimes I, I kind of forget. But, um, um, Interstellar? Well, yeah, I've seen that. It was great. That's already like two years ago or something, right? Yeah, maybe even yeah, more. Yeah, something like that. Was, yeah. was there not like the alien movie after? That was also pretty good. Like the follow-up uh, to Prometheus. Uh, what was uh, it called again? Not oh, Prometheus, uh, the first one. But yeah, was, I know what you're talking about. The, the, the second Alien movie in that series. Yeah. yeah. Really tried was, to, they really tried to revive that series. Yeah. Yeah, it was really dope. What I really like about the story is like... Um, it explores the idea that uh, life was created on planet Earth by a different race, right? And yeah. that basically they used some of their genetic code, which they kind of cut into pieces with enzymes or some shit, and they kind of mm -hmm. like uh, sprinkled it in this in this in this waterfall or a river or something, yeah. and that's how they kicked <laughs> it off, you know? After a few million years, oh, presto, you got humans. <laughs> you know, it, it made me think about. Like <laughs> did you guys have like these um? This mini shrimp that you could buy. Oh they, yeah. Like, a cup of water or something. <laughs> That's basically the, what the sea, mon sea monkeys. Yeah. Sea monkeys. yeah. <laughs> anybody, anybody <laughs> here know the anybody here know the chef uh, Emro? The, ship the, no, the, TV chef, so. the TV chef called Emro? No. No, I don't oh. think so. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, well then that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can explain it. Like, what's the reference? Uh, it's a, it was a, um, a famous uh, TV chef, uh, West Coast, and uh, he had this thing he did every time. He, every time he put like salt or pepper or anything, he'd like he'd like jump to the side and like throw it at it like as he was throwing a knife, and he'd say, "Bam, bam." Oh. Was, uh, <laughs> when he did it, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Interstellar was from uh, 2014, eh? Was it? Yeah, man. Oh, wow. Well, time goes by. Really does. Oh, that's but, uh, yeah. yeah. But the AI in, uh, in Prometheus also went on, a, on a, like an existential rampage. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, right. It was kind of yeah. semi-programmed by the. That was really interesting. Yeah, and. But eventually, he took his own path. Yeah, because yeah. he felt like he was superior to the, to his creator. Yeah, and exactly. I, yeah, I I think that was an analogy to how we as humans are behaving right now. Yeah where we rebel against the creator in a sense, you know, where we try to divert from the natural ways of life into like a new technological path with a disconnect from nature. Yeah, I think it, I think it's because we don't like, um, everything else evolves, right? You know, elephants, everything else evolves. We don't really evolve. Our tools evolve. That, that's our thing. And and uh, the ultimate expression of that is is machine learning AI. Yeah, I do think we evolved, but it's like really, really, really slowly, no? Yeah. So we we would need like hundreds of thousands of years for uh, for us to be uh, I don't know a bit a bit smarter. So. Yeah. What what I read I read an article about like um, mutations that are taking place, you know, in modern times that like we could see. Because, as you say, like evolution happens over such a long time span, it's really hard to observe actually in the moment. Yeah. But basically, they noticed that um, uh, we get our secondary um, characteristics, you know, sexual characteristics that they develop sooner and that they are more pronounced than in past generations. Yeah. And that women actually become objectively more beautiful. And that men actually don't, so we kind of peaked. <laughs> but that's, that's we're not that's just modern. What? What's that? That's just makeup. makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so our 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 chemistry got better. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not a, bi- a biologist, but for example, sometimes yeah. like I like classical art, and yeah. um, sometimes they they have a painting title, you know, the beautiful lady, and I'm like. Bro, in our time, that's that's like a four or five, you know. Like, I mean, she's not ugly, ugly, but beautiful, you know. Like, um, I think women did get much more beautiful over time, if you yeah. if you compare it to like the the ancient times, you know. And it, it, you could chalk it up to maybe more diversity, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I I think the the gym pool is much more diverse now than it was because people travel it's more. more yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think you're being sexist, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's I think they've always, they've always been beautiful, okay? No, women have always been beautiful, but I'm <laughs> saying, like, people, I think, like, 
I could see it. You know, I could see where the scientists come from. Like, yeah, he, ha he has like empirical evidence for it. Um, but you could see it like if you just look at um, images, you know, from human beings, like throughout time, yeah. you, you could see people become more attractive. Uh, people who were seen as, let's say, a very um, handsome or beautiful people, right now they would not actually be beautiful. Like, a very are you, rough. Are you comparing them to the cave people? No, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For example, like when you look at royalty when in their uh, self-portraits, yeah, I, I find that they usually have very rough features. You know, like yeah. Um, it's almost comical, like th that they're almost stereotypically African or stereotypically European, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think our features have become much more uh, refined. Yeah, I think it's a given that as time goes on, we'll turn, you know, everything will be homogenous. We'll, we'll just, it'll be like we'll all be Asian. We'll all be half Asian, I guess. Right? You think so? I mean, <laughs> right now they have, they are the ones that have the most it's people. So. Like girls, you know, he's yeah. just projecting. <laughs> I think uh, I, no, I think eventually we'll all be a little bit Asian. Yeah, you know, I I, I think like I think the, the 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 minority like mixed people are currently usually the minority, but I think they will become the majority. But since people usually still seek a mate from their own group, I think the what you could call the races would still exist, like the different types of people, like Europeans, Africans, um, Asians. I think. There will be, still be people that haven't really mixed beyond certain groups. You oh know? yeah, yeah. There are some groups that will always be that way. Yeah. Yeah, but for they, sure. But they'll, but they'll challenge get accepted. Time to challenge they'll accepted. Go... <laughs> <laughs> Tim is gonna be like, I'm gonna spread my seed all over the world. <laughs> I hey, but look like me. <laughs> hey, did you guys see the? Um the horizon documentary about uh uh people mutations no what is that it's uh it's about um these these indigenous tibetan people okay. and uh i mean they they live quite quite high up man, on uh on a tibetan plateau yeah i don't know how high maybe four thousand five thousand meters and um they they actually have um more blood more. vessels yeah under their sense. lip damn so it's like significantly more than you know people living at sea level so oh. i'm i'm not sure if it's if it's been proven but it was uh like a really plausible hypothesis that that was a you know like a tangible proof that we still evolve and the name of it is horizon what um horizon is like these uh these documentary series from the bbc oh i see okay i'm not i'm not sure which what's the what's the specific thing called but i mean if you google uh uh bbc horizon um tibet and uh maybe uh, evolution you might be able to find it i used to download a lot of these uh bbc horizon stuff they're really 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 interesting but um, I'm not sure if it's uh, streamable. Maybe on uh, on Curiosity Stream or uh, or one of those uh, um, yeah. alternative stream uh, platforms, Magenta or something. Uh, check yeah. it out. 
Yeah, I, I just Googled the, uh, for the article, the original article. I didn't find the original article, but um, a lot of news outlets have covered the story I mentioned. And basically, it's about symmetry. So people choose their partners based on symmetry. The more symmetrical your face is or your body is, on average, the more uh, attractive you are uh, or perceived yeah. as more attractive. Um, yeah. And because of people making those choices generation after generation, people are becoming more uh, symmetrical, you know, in their dimensions. And which removes like extreme features like super big noses or very big ears. They, in the population, these features would become less, um, uh, less dominant. widespread. Yeah, 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 less dominant. Pretty interesting. I'll, I'll post it in if you want to read it. That's why I used to uh, I used to go on dates with my Geodriuk, right, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I like to be precise. <laughs> For What's, those uh, who don't know what a, what a Geodriuk is, a Geodriuk is uh, a, a measuring instrument that uh, typically you have it at school. In, in Dutch schools, they have it. Uh, I never, I don't remember ever having one when I went to school in South Carolina, in the United States. It's like a triangle. It's like yeah. a triangle, and uh, it projects. Um, Basically, a square. Half a circle. Basically. Yeah. Basically, it's, it's a square. How would you like do trig and all that? What? Like, Trigonometry. Yeah, like a, I mean, it's like a, a, such a standard tool in in high school, you know. Uh, yeah. First time I used it was in math class. Yeah. Like how? What kind of tool would you use? Because like um. Like your thumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a ruler doesn't cut it, you know. It's. Um, no. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I did use it. I don't, I don't remember, but I don't really remember. Like I remember using it here in Curacao, but I don't remember using it in school in the United States. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you learn to eyeball it, no? That might be. <laughs> <laughs> That might be it as well. In fact, in fact, that's probably closer to the truth than anything else. <laughs> There's really a case, uh, you know, like a like a good argument to to uh, make rough calculations with 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 no tools. You know, you 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 can actually be uh, more uh, more uh, resilient, as in if you're at sea and uh, yeah. you don't have any any tools. You can actually well, it, it kind of depends how far you are from the equator, but with your with your hand um, from the horizon up to the sun, like the average hand, every finger is 15 minutes of sunlight before the sun goes down. So you can kind of eyeball it and uh, uh, go, uh, you know, strive for a safe haven before before dark. Yeah. Okay, people. People that are listening to this, <laughs> they want to try this out, and you're going to Glen out and you end up in Venezuela. <laughs> We're that's, not responsible. That happened. <laughs> that's that's not a that's not a navigation uh, tool. No, I don't. Uh, no, we don't condone that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, use it only to use it only to start your barbecue. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like apparently, like a geodriuk, and yeah, it's just called a geo triangle. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, geo triangle, I guess. Yeah. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's, a, I'm sure there's a, there's like a nickname for it, but I don't, I can't yeah. remember what it would be. 
but that's like a like standard standard high school gear like a, yeah. like a triangle and a, and a t81 calculator yeah yeah the, the calculator i remember yeah <laughs> yeah regular ruler also triangle yeah. i don't i'm i'm not sure if i remember like yeah. and there's no. also this other thing um in dutch it's called the gradeboog it's oh, like yeah. a, also a half circle um, yeah, that that I think definitely I didn't. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. But like the that arc with degrees is also like on the geo triangle. Yeah. Now I can tell I can tell you with with all the certainty in the world that uh, our the education we get here in Curacao, like it, at least as far as math goes, is superior to that of what I saw in the United States. It's more European, maybe. Yeah, but like, math, math is like universal, right? I mean, of course, the method like, of teaching it could could vary, but I mean, for example, like when when I uh, started university in Holland, um, our math books were just, um, I think we used like this book from Sweden, yeah, but it was also used like in American university. It was the book for that year, you know. So I think in the end, it doesn't really matter, but maybe the high school methods vary a little. Yeah, that might be it. Because calculus is calculus, baby. You know, algebra yeah. is algebra. There's. Uh... I remember, like, I remember, like, the stuff that I was learning, like, um, algebra. I didn't get to before I left to Curacao, but um, trigonometry, I guess. Um, like, we're like at least two grades ahead here. In Curacao. Yeah, at least two oh. grades ahead. Yeah. Whoa, that's dope. You know, like, like, for example, here you also have, like, I, I think the names change, but you used to have, like, Mavo, Havo, Vivio. And yeah. I'm not sure if, if they have that subdivision in high school in the U.S. I don't think they do, no. right? No, no, no. no. no, it's just, wait, uh... no I don't. That's just high school. And so you have middle, you have middle school, high school, uh, and before, you had, before that you have kindergarten. But kindergarten, yeah. middle school, high school, and then you have college or university. Yeah. And I think that's also why they, there's a bigger focus on grades, like in the U.S., because mm. that really proves that your caliber. And like in the Dutch school system, you're already kind of pre-filtered, you know. Yeah, like the the, fil the filtering aspect of the Dutch education system is pretty cool. Like they they filter you into where you're best at. Like uh, um, in the United States, if you if you do if you do like well or do bad you know in a class you might have to retake it but there's nothing else that, that they can do really maybe you yeah know. there's one but here, yeah yeah here here you can switch between marvel havel you know it's it's different yeah it's different for sure what what i like about the u.s system though is that for example if you're a late bloomer you still have more time to catch up in a way but yeah. like here they pigeonhole you based on performance at a pretty young age, you know, where you're pretty yeah. immature. And that could really change your whole trajectory. Like if you're not headstrong, let's say you go to Mavo because you, you didn't like to do your homework and you didn't really care much about school, but you yeah. had the potential to do VBO. That means like you're going to spend a few years in the school system just to get at where you should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The difference between Mavo, Havo, like, um, 
quickly is uh, Mavo is a lighter like a Mavo is like high school light. Yeah, but it's, it also prepares you more for um, what do you call it? Like um, maybe the more practical like, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like um, working more. Like, I went to Mavo. So. No, it's good. It's good. But for example, like um, when you're uh, Havo means you're going to college. But if you do BBO, it's like you're going to go to university for sure. And you're probably going to end up like um, doing academic work or you're going to study for a profession. Let's say yeah. lawyer, accountant, uh, medical professional, something like that. But if you do Mavo, usually you would end up uh, at like MTS, which is like a practical technical school. And of course, like it's a very worthy qualification, but it's a, it, it's, they subdivide them and basically they kind of like steer you in, in a certain career path because certain things will not be available to you. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame, and, actually. Which is a shame. I mean, it could be good for like a large group of people, but I, I've known people that ended up going to Mavo and currently they're studying for their PhD, you know? Yeah. And they had to go through so many years of, uh, yeah, of schooling that they could have skipped if they, if they were much more serious in the beginning, but they were kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. those are, those are, I mean, not everybody learns in, in the same way, you know? Exactly. So it's, yes. it's actually uh, 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 the environment which needs to adapt. Yeah. Uh, For example, I, I was kind of like a nerdy kid. Like I, I liked going to school, but a lot of my friends who were just as smart hated going to school, you know, because they didn't like the system. And especially nowadays, where I feel like the education system is much more geared toward like um, the f females, you know, the female mind. You know, you gotta work in groups and you gotta sit still and uh, there's a lot of research about it how boys currently are struggling in the in the in the school system because it's not geared towards us and how we study and how we learn yeah 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 it's it's really like a silent crisis because a lot of for example like uh, you know i'm i work in the county and we, more and more men are not choosing the profession because um they're not hacking it in in the school system, you know. Um, yeah, that's a shame. That's really, yeah, it's a really shame. But no worries, Kiri. Machine learning is going to take over in a bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're all going to get replaced, and I can just play PlayStation and watch <laughs> movies, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get my uh, universal basic income slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, by then, by then, there's no scarcity either. So um, I you can just not. go to the go to the super and. Uh, but you know, and, uh, I do Philip. have a fear that they're like, okay, we have too many people now. <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta cut the fat now, you know, like. Um, I don't know, but by, by then we'll be at Alpha Centauri already. By then we we'll already reached Alpha Centauri. So. Yeah. Well, I think the the capitalists and the geniuses will, you know, but the, the rest of the people are staying here, you know. They're gonna pollute the shit out of this planet and then leave. <laughs> but they need workers over there also, you know. Yeah, they need people to serve. They're robots. Yeah. They'll have robots. Yeah, but they still need a. Yeah, I mean, uh, we need to start from the from uh, from scratch, yeah, mining coal and stuff. Of course, but I mean, like that's <laughs> the dream, right? Like that with nanotechnology and AI, that that robots can become self-replicating. So yeah. then, basically, you just need like the 
like I said, the, the, the right, yeah, critical amount to start with, and then it's just a process that will uh, propagate itself. It would be it would be like the highest point of irony if they were only shagging up with each other and not doing any work and just became us again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, I'm okay. I'm gonna shag up, smoke a joint. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, you need to reprogram you. No, 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 no. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think probably what will happen is uh, big corporations will want to expand there because there's resources, but they're gonna have to bring people with them. But but yeah. the journey the journey is going to be so long that you can't get there in one lifetime. So you need people to actually live and breed, and so the, so the the next generation of workers can can grow up when they get there. That's yeah, kinda, that's kind of scary. Or, or it's going to be like the other sci-fi movie with a with a Chris Pratt and uh, um, what's the girl called? I can't. Oh imagine. yeah, I, know. I can't Jennifer remember. Love or yeah, 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 and uh, they were like hibernating, and yeah. uh, his uh, his sleep pod got malfunctioned, and then he wake like he woke up the other girl because he was lonely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is fucked up. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine like the, how the conversation would go. Like he he wakes up this lady from stasis. It's like, hey, I'm lonely. Can we cuddle? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not sure if I would want to be aboard that flight, though. Like, there, there are not? enough people awesome. on Earth I mean, that will want to. What? There are enough crazy people on Earth that will want to. Oh, yeah. I'm go, sure. sure man. You would go? Yeah, for sure. You, you, what you, what you do is you sign away your life, basically. You sign, you sign a, like a 100-year contract or whatever. Yeah, and uh, basically indebting yourself and your family well, think, uh, for some for some basically okay I'll get this continent but I, we're basically gonna live as slaves for the first fifty years or whatever. Yeah, no, I don't think so. You know what the thing is like I think the first few generations will definitely have lives which are like inferior to lives here on planet Earth. I mean, don't. Basically, have to terraform the place, right? I mean, that's like pioneering, you know. For sure, but we could let robots do that shit, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, for example, like I would definitely hop aboard, uh, hop aboard the ship. Like, let's say, like the er early discoverers, like the Vikings, uh, the few Africans that went to the U.S. and uh, maybe even Christopher Columbus. Although I'm not cool with the genocide and everything he did, but you're cool with Pocahontas, though. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, basically, you would go to the new world and you would experience it as a paradise. But I'm sure if, like, you if you fly out to Alpha Centauri, it's like, okay, welcome to this dustbin, you know? Like, <laughs> we should build something so we can breathe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a different situation, and there's no there's no way back, you know? No. That, that's I mean, a, and especially if you're like in a small colony. I mean, if the group is great, awesome. If the group is not that great, there's no yeah. escape. Everybody's like ignoring each other. Super yeah, weird. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, or, or you got these psychopaths running around that want to be, be like uh, 
Lord of the Flies in that. Oh, fish, you know? oh boy. Oh, oh, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> or you just arrive at uh, at uh, Alpha Centauri and uh, um, you realize just as you landed that some other alien race trashed the planet already and moved on. And you're like... Oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no water, there's nothing. <laughs> Everything is polluted and fucked up. Oh shit. <laughs> that would be crazy. Oh, <laughs> and they That's find like, these hieroglyphics uh... and you're like study you're working fifty years to decipher the message. And then the message is like, uh, you're too late, bitches. Peace out. <laughs> 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 oh, you sacrifice your whole life for that. Because yeah. basically, that was the funny part about the, the Prometheus movie, or the second one, because they have yeah. like these images in the cave, right? And they yeah. they tried to decipher it, and they said it's a map, and they found a location. And basically, they were, like, when evacuating. They, yeah, they were evacuating, and basically, they were seen as a failed experiment by the, yeah. what do you call like, um the, the, the race of people? They call them the... The astronauts? Uh, the no, the engineers. The engineers, exactly. When they woke up the engineer, the engineer was like, oh, I got to kill you, you know, like, you're a failed experiment. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, it was messed up. He was, like, disgusted. Oh, they're still here? <laughs> uh, and they were hoping a... that they would be welcomed as children, right? Uh, yeah. That was crazy. It was a really cool yeah. movie. It was almost like a... Are you mad? No, I'm disappointed. Oh, you guys disappoint me. Please put me back to sleep. It's like it's like in the it's like the Old Testament story, right? God made people and they were not cool, so he was like, "Okay, we've got to drown them all." <laughs> oh, we still survived. Oh. Crazy. Yeah, man. But uh, technology, I'm uh, I'm all up for it. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, we we really need to we really need to um, accept uh, that uh, that the weakest link is 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 us, you know, and yeah. uh, and address it, address it, uh, address it in 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 uh, in correct order or in uh, how you say it. Um, addressed correctly yeah yeah, yeah I, I think so uh, that's all about you know right. uh, talking about our egos talking about what's what's really the matter um yeah. you know eventually uh the way we're going right now it's just not sustainable and uh the rich is getting richer and uh the poor is getting poorer but uh yeah. eventually it's gonna it's gonna go horribly I'm afraid. Yeah. But I think what so, you say, like, you know, up to now, till we get true AI, like, technology is a tool. So if, if it goes wrong, it's it's because of us, because the way we implemented that tool. Yeah. And not necessarily the technology. At least that's my perspective. You know, we decide how we apply it. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. So we're responsible for all the, the, the positive or negative consequences. Yeah, man. With the with the right safeguards, it's okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Do you the guys have uh, have more questions regarding uh, machine learning in uh, in specific? 
Um, yeah, how, how do you think it will become much more mainstream and like more prevalent in the workspace for, let's say, non-IT people? Um, that's a really good question. I reckon, I reckon it's going to be implemented in uh, already existed, um, existing uh, uh, systems. So let's say you work um, with a with a, a client customer relationship manager is gonna get um, superpowers, you know. So uh, uh, every every decision you're gonna make, the system is gonna is gonna tell you about the probabilities. It's gonna tell you about um, what and when to do certain actions. Um, it's gonna get more more smarter but uh um not in a um in an in an obtrusive way so it's gonna be it's gonna be in the background and uh helping you with your current daily decision making you know it'd be interesting um a machine learning program uh for the horeca sector which is the restaurant uh and hotel sector Mm -hmm. uh, that that could measure uh, and and predict using the following uh, parameters: um, um, stayover arrivals uh, from the airport, um, cruise ships and capacity, how many and how how big cruise ships they are, and uh, as well as anything else that I might, might miss, uh, and use uh, the time of the year and that and maybe some other factors um like that would be really cool like that would be i could see that like be really helpful for for a restaurant to be able to predict the success of an event like if i want to have uh i want to let's say a local band from here which is uh, am mm -hmm. uh, the latin rock band uh um if i wanted to book am but i don't know if i'm going to get enough people to come in and eat to be able to justify that expense if I could use, uh, you know, the the machine learning to give me a probability of my yeah. success, yeah, ahead of time, yeah, like a forecast, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can yeah. see like just exactly how much risk I'm I'm thinking about taking on. That would be great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, to make that technology scalable, usually it's also like a, a lack of data being available, right? For yeah. example, like in the financial sector, fintech. Um, there's already like in the past, for example, like in the financial sector, people were picking stocks. You know, they had very they had models, but it was still also partly guesswork. You know, and looking at fundamentals and uh, historical charts, etc. But now they have these uh, computers that analyze all the data. You know, and they call it like the quantitative method. Method. You yeah. know. And basically, the, that computer recommends a certain uh, balancing of the investment portfolio, which exactly. is sometimes counterintuitive because people sometimes still, when when there's like a gap in their knowledge, they fill it with like intuition, right? Instinct. Um, and you, sometimes you can be right. You can sometimes even beat the machine on the short term. But up till now, especially long term, the machines have been right. So there's a big shift in that sector. And like Ollie said, it would be cool if that technology would become available on a smaller scale 
and also available like to people with uh, not as deep pockets as like the financial sector. Exactly. But I mean, like you know, not not everybody that works in the sector is like a Hilton, but could also be like a small restaurant owner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would be cool if even like mom and pop stores could have that technology scaled down to um, to fit their purposes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because sure. I think I think like for example, what entrepreneurs face a lot, especially startups or uh, yeah, it's small stores, you know, small entrepreneurs. It's the uncertainty, right? And a lot of that uncertainty is related to just not having the data to base their decisions on. Exactly. Um, but if they have the same access to information about their environment, they could make more informed decisions and could have higher rates of success. Yeah. And, and the data is out there. I, I guess it could be better. We could have more. But, I mean, like, the data is, you know, you can find, like, for example, it's available on the Curacao Tourism Board website. Yeah. 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 And we do have a statistics uh, bureau, too, on Curacao. Yes. Yeah. So. But, you know, you know, I use those databases sometimes for my own work. And what I mean is, like, it's not readily available. You, it's, like, data you have to download. You have to prep it. You have to put it in a certain form so you can use it. Um, and they have to analyze, so it's a long process and it's kind of slow. Yeah. But for example, like uh, the, the the example I mentioned, like when it comes to like um, investing, these computers are running their analyses continually, you know, and yeah. as transactions occur, they're also rebalancing continuously. It's uh, a nonstop process, which is different, I think, from downloading data from a database and analyzing it coming to conclusions because meanwhile the world has already turned you know things have already shifted for sure man all right guys i think uh let's call it a night yeah um, i'm kind of tired also yeah. yeah shit we didn't even yeah. talk about jujitsu man no we did that's for the what next the time man. is that about <laughs> for sure. my, my boy tim has been ripping it up man he's getting good tim yeah, tell man. me about your game break it down well, I'm I'm uh, I'm starting to to uh, getting the over the oversight about even having a game. So um, right now I'm, you know, training specifically to uh, towards certain um, let's say certain passes and certain uh, submissions, and uh, I uh, I chose maybe uh two passes and two submissions um and you know try to get a combination of them um in a certain in a certain way and uh most of the time because all the guys uh, uh at medina they are uh, they are quite experienced so um i start and then uh Nine of the ten times, I'm like, oh no, and then uh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna but be it's, like that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's so, it's so. I'm, 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 I'm getting pulled to this. You know, it's it's so intriguing. Um, uh, building up your game, uh, building up the certain defenses, uh, trying stuff out, what works, what doesn't work um uh getting the knowledge of 
um, your opponent, you know, uh, uh, um, what he or she is doing most of the time or what kind of a body type it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole new horizon. Yeah. There's a lot in common with, with, with machine training. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like, it's like, you know, yeah. uh, um, some, some days I do, like, I try to do the same thing, but over and over and over and over again, but because you're, you're rolling with different people, you're getting into, into maybe 30 or 50 different scenarios. And I always think about this machine learning process. I'm like, okay, start from, start again, reset, go for it. You know? So that's, yeah. that's, that's my mindset. Yeah, and what yeah, yeah. what have you what uh, what what learn what lessons have you learned from jujitsu that are transferable to coding sorry to machine learning? Um, I reckon I reckon the you know getting my head down, being being resilient, and uh, uh, lean on the process. So it's not it's not fun and games every time i mean sometimes i get stuck in the code and um and i really don't see how to get out and uh but i i just i just keep at it and uh maybe take a little break or uh read another article or uh, check another tutorial and uh um at a certain point something's gonna click and then you have it you know, I feel, I feel like that explanation that you gave is exactly what it is like when you develop a game in Jiu-Jitsu and in the beginning it, it works out fine and then people adjust to your game yeah, and they get better and then suddenly your, your good techniques don't work as well anymore and some don't work at all. And then you're like, ah, oh, you know, how is it possible? Because the arm bar is such a staple technique, I should be able to yeah. apply it. And they, they start looking at the details and you're shaving off things you're doing which are non-essential and adding in things that make the technique work. Exactly. And suddenly it clicks. And for me, it, it has always been landing the technique in a way where I felt like uh, my opponent's body in a certain position and my body um, in perpendicular to, to that person. So you kind of feel it like a puzzle, you know? It, it fits. And then you're like, oh, if I can replicate this, I know I have the technique. Yeah. And then you think about it, and then you can also understand it intellectually. Like, oh, okay, it's because his arm was twisted and his elbow wasn't pointing up. Or, you know, I was pulling instead of pushing. Or yeah. I was only using my arms and I was not engaging my core and my legs to do the sweep. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's really dope. Yeah. It's really addictive. Yeah, I can imagine, like, it, a computer guy, like a, a coder, would, would really love jujitsu because... Like you say, it's yeah. like an iterative pro process, and it's an optimization problem, right? Like exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. presenting a problem to your opponent while that opponent is trying to do the same to you, and whoever solves it the quickest wins. Yeah, right. it's really Apple, fun. Right? Apple has uh, has jujitsu classes at their campus. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no. they do. I didn't know. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, they, they have a jujitsu club at, at the Apple, Apple campus. Google has a class as well. I think Google was the first one to have like a jiu-jitsu class on campus. Maybe Apple followed after, but I didn't know about yeah. Apple. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now almost all of them have it, actually. Yeah. 
Uh, it's yeah. great. Like when you're in training, especially when you're rolling, you get into that zone sometimes, man. It's yeah, so man. Yeah. It's uh, it's something else. Everybody needs to try it. I think. I really, I really believe that everybody should try jujitsu at least once. You know, it might yeah. not be for you. That's okay. But if you like it, you love it. Exactly. You're gonna it's... get hooked forever. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. And especially like you know, like smaller guys like me, or like you know, anything like that. Or uh, for women, I think it's like the best martial art out there. You're gonna yeah. get really, uh, you know, the the whole uh, mind body coordination is gonna get uh, really toned in, honed in. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's one of those things that even after you're done with the class and you go home, you're still thinking about it like for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for me that was a problem in the beginning because sometimes you have to shut it off because otherwise you don't go to bed you know like he, yeah. he'll be watching youtube videos online or lying in bed thinking <laughs> i should have done this or, or yeah. next time i'm gonna do this yeah that was my white belt phase for sure like just not understanding why i get messed up <laughs> <laughs> i end up tapping to the same choke 10 times in a row you know that's yeah. how you learn. Yeah. What's your What's your best position right now? Um, me or Kitty? Uh, you. Um, I reckon. I reckon close guard or. Or maybe side control. Yeah. But side I'm control? I'm yeah. So I try to I try to. Get into side control as uh, as effectively possible, but that's that's a that somehow that's a challenge for me. And um, um, when in side control, I can I can keep the position, but um, I do have difficulties getting a submission. You're too tight. So, yeah. So um, I'm not sure yet what would be you know like. A, like, uh, hey, you're like too tight. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, that's that's like super common. I had that too. Yeah, I think I think what for me was really like a, a focal point that helped me improve quicker was um, adhering to the principle of overlapping pressure, especially when you're trying to set up like a submission. Because usually, like as a white belt, you get into control position, and then then it's like you shift from Controlling to attacking, you know, while well, it should be attacking while controlling. Yeah. So you're you're so focused on doing a certain technique where you forget, oh, you still have to control the person and you got to isolate the arm before you go for it. You can't just go grab it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Control is tentative. Yeah. It's a, it's a process, you know, it's not easy because you could understand it like logically, but to also put it into practice. It means also you have to be aware of your own body positioning. Sometimes you think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm holding him down, but you're actually sitting on your knees, so he doesn't feel your pressure at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're actually, what you're doing is you're buying time. Like, actually holding somebody is, isn't really something that you can actually do, like, you know, forever. You're only buying, a little, like, a few seconds here, a few seconds there. Yeah. So. Yeah, when you're moving. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's why if you're too tight, you can't move, so you're defeating yeah. the purpose. 
Uh, yeah, so like 100% control means that you can't really attack. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So you're always opening the gates when you're, when you're advancing. As, as odd as it sounds, if, you're, if your side control is too good, that's a bad thing. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> then it becomes like a, a wrestling or judo pin, right? Where you just yeah. hold someone down, yeah. but there's no progression. There's no you want to give them space to do make a yeah. mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know there was this this catch guy, this catch wrestler, and he had a great quote about that. And he said like, you gotta make him uncomfortable the whole way through. And while you're controlling him, you gotta open at least. Let's say there are three doors. You gotta open one door. Yeah. And you, you gotta you don't molest him. You gotta bother him so much. That, that open door is starting to look very attractive. Yeah. And, and when he, he goes for it and then he's done. Yeah, then you mess him up because you already yeah. planned for it, you know? <laughs> that's the honey, that's the honey butt. That's, yeah. That's the, cool, like, the coolest feeling is when you get that. Like when you do it successfully and like they fall for yeah. it and you get them, that's like the best. Bingo. Yeah. Man. We got to start rolling like, more again. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the ones for sure is like if, you, if side control is your thing, and you do have it really well, then if you were to take, if you have inside control and you were to take your forearm and just kind of put it across his face to make it uncomfortable, mm -hmm. he's going to try, he's going to try to reach up to get it off, right? Well, when and he reaches up, he gets Americana. Yeah. And then yeah. Americana. Yeah. 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 But, but you have to give him enough space to try to go for it. True. Yeah. At the same time, you don't want him to cross face you, so you have to keep your head kind of low. True. Yeah. You know, I feel it's like. A lot um, to learn. Yeah, for sure. Like we're all still learning, man. Like I, I, I feel like, especially when I was when I was still a blue belt, that I really had good control. But it was a challenge to have like a smooth transition to the submission. And I felt like if I was too afraid to let go of the control, then my submission attempts were futile or people would see them coming and that, that would mean I would face a lot of resistance. Or I would let go of that control position to go for the submission wholeheartedly, but then risk getting reversed, you know? Yeah. And then like later you find a balance, like uh, Ali just said, like you gotta open up a little so you can coax them to move predictably where you want them to go yeah but not to be too open so you can get countered and part of that is actually fun in itself the the part where you leave it open and you're, yeah. you're and you're working that game that when you discover when you, when you discover that little thing that little part yeah it's gonna be really fun that, that's really fun like oh yeah like for example in a role with Zinho, um we know each other really well and we know each other's game and it's like a silent communication. Sometimes we start laughing because he's like, no, 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 I'm not falling for that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. got to switch it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. Of course, fun, there man. are things that no matter what you do, you're going to fall for. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like that's where conditioning also comes into play. Like late in the rounds, you know, you get tired and you're not as sharp anymore, you know, and that's when you start making mistakes. I'm like right now. Right now, when I go back, I gotta start from scratch again. Like it's been too long. Yeah, but it'll come back quite quickly. Yeah. I think. It's gonna, yeah, yeah, it's gonna come back quickly. But like all the new guys, they're they're getting pretty good now. 
It's going to be fun. Yeah. You'll have more people to, to roll with, you know? No, that's cool. I love, my favorite, like, one of my favorite guys to, to roll with was, um, um, uh, now I forgot his name, shit. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been like almost <laughs> a year now. Uh, Andres, Andres, Andres. Andres, yeah. Super yeah. Flexible Andres, Andres is like, it's fun because it's not, it's, it's not a pressure game. It's a, it's a blocking game. His, his feet are like rubber bands. Yeah, the dude is just fucking flexible as hell. You're like passing his guard is like an ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he? Yeah. Does he train still? Do I know? He it? has. You know, after COVID, he hasn't shown up for quite a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, of course, we all stopped, um, but I never saw him again. I I do see posts on Instagram sometimes, like his artwork stuff. But yeah, I'm not sure if he's. Um, currently working or if he's still in school i'm not really sure what he's doing right now but he hasn't shown up yet maybe we should yeah. just drop a message like bro get a roll man yeah because yeah, he was good he was getting really good yeah great to yeah. meet and then there's uh luca luca is the same too luca it's like in order to get past that guy's guard you need like a you need prayer and you need a blessing <laughs> and all kinds of other shit he had to actually stop you know that was really sad like, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he injured, like, I think it was his knee. Oh, shit. I, I think it was when he was doing water sports, his dad told us. And oh, he messed better. up his knee to a point where it could, like, dislocate really easily. Oh, but I have the same shit. Yeah. And, yeah, shit. basically he's doing other sports right now and uh, much more upper body focused, I think, because, yeah, he can't really mess up his knee, you know? Okay. My knee has just popped out of place, like, so many times. Yeah, like during tra yeah. during training, and it hurts like shit. But like that, and that's why I can't do like I can't really do close guard. Um, I okay. can do half half guard is super safe for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta walk, work around your limitations, right? Yeah. That's Trying to learn to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause, uh, cause like when you're in close guard, of course, what they do, like people always want to put their fucking elbows right inside your your uh, your thighs. It's gonna hurt like hell, man. Yeah, and that's that's pushing down on your knees too. So. Uh, yeah, especially if you keep it locked, you know, if you keep it really tightly locked. Yeah. 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 No good. Yeah, so <laughs> in order to not get that, half <laughs> guard, baby, half guard all the way. <laughs> Alright, boys. Like I'm gonna. I'm going to leave, I think. Yeah, I'm going to hit All the right, haze man. also. All right, man. You guys have a good night. All right. Hey, yeah, uh, you too, man. Tim, thanks for coming on. Uh, for sure. Thank and, you for having uh, me. I'm going to put uh, your info uh, on the description. And uh, if anybody wants to uh, get in touch oh, with yeah. you, they can get in touch with you where? Um, the website, through the website, uh, brabu.digital. And um, if you if you look up Brabu Digital on social, you'll find me also. Okay, we'll put that in the description as well. You know, they'll have the links to it and everything like that. Do you want to shout anybody it. out, or do you want to do you want to um, do like a promo for anything, or? Um, well, anybody who's uh, who's curious about machine learning or who's doing machine learning and uh, wanna you know brainstorm, share thoughts, um, build a community. I'm all uh, all for that, so let's go. Yeah, Lex Friedman, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do, not, we do jiu too. Yet, so. but, uh, yeah, man. 
We did jiu-jitsu too, so we <laughs> we gonna be a community. We really need to uh, invite him to roll and uh, to code. Yeah, yeah. He used to come down and give a seminar. He's a black belt, you know that, right? He's a Hicks and Gracie black belt, I think. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So yeah, super dope. All right, guys, you have a good night. And uh, hey, once again, Tim, thanks for coming on. Uh, Kiri, as always. Yeah, man, Kiri. Yeah, I had great fun. Thanks for the companion. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Thanks for sharing. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, you too, man. Cheers.